It's time to take the quiz. Five questions, five minutes a day, five days a week. Take the quiz every weekday at thequiz.fox and then listen to the quiz podcast to find out how you did. Play, share, and of course, listen to the quiz at thequiz.fox. What it is, welcome to another exciting adventure of the three wise men with uh, returning guests and anchors of the show, uh, Aaron Haddad, a.k.a. Sandow, a.k.a. Idol, and the one and only Trevor Murdoch, who just has kept his gimmick name the entire time. So actually, I'm, I'm proud of him that he was able to do that. I've uh, had to fight for it, but I did it. You did it. You you held on to it. Good for you. What yes, up, fellas? Sir. How are you guys? Wonderful. How are you? Uh, I'm good. Still dealing with the uh, the craziness of being a New York Times bestseller. I still kind of don't get it, but I'm like trying to like just go about my day and and not really let it. You know, you don't want to become a dick. You know what I'm saying? Like all of a sudden, where every time I see somebody, I introduce myself as a New York Times bestseller because it's right up there with like a knighthood. Apparently, it's like it's like well, a big, it's a it's a different kind of uh, of. D- you yeah, know what I mean, as opposed to just being like, "Hi, how are you, sir? Get out of my face!" Hi, I'm a New York Times bestselling author. So Get I really shouldn't t- be talking to you right now. I don't believe you're on any list at all. So, <laughs> I'm, well, no, I'm saying I'm just, I've maybe you know seen some people. I'm not going to mention any names. Um, not be the nicest to to people before. Uh, and so you're you're that, accusing you know, me of being mean to people. Is what I didn't say that at all. This is your show, and well, I would never it's do certainly, that. It's certainly it's our show. And uh, certainly uh, Trevor will attest the fact that I'm usually generally warm and fluffy and, and nice to people. I think being I honest would, to people is shouldn't be a crime. Well, it is, though. Like, people getting their feelings hurt nowadays. Is, you're, you're a you're a d- if you hurt people's feelings, to be honest with them. So, yeah. Well, I, that's just that, who I am. And I don't have to be a New York <laughs> Times bestseller for that. Uh, I was broke-ass, broke-ass Tyrus, and I still would do that. So... Um, but speaking of that, so obviously, uh, upset is the key word, Trevor, because, you know, looks like every time you turn on the TV, there's a different protest going on. Somebody's booing somebody, somebody doesn't like somebody. And in the, in the world of wrestling, I mean, that pretty much is, that's one of the goals is to make people hate you to the point where they would, uh, like protest your presence. And, you know, uh, especially, uh, you training with Harley, I know that you probably heard, I mean, cause he was. He was either loved by everybody or, like, hated. Like, he couldn't even – he had to sneak out of buildings because they would wait for him at his car and throw eggs and rocks at him. I mean, he had that kind of uh, that kind of heat, we like to say, in the business um, or in the sport. Is it still possible was, to do that today? I, I think so, but I don't think it'll ever get to, like, the levels of what they had to. You know, to their credit – like people believed wholeheartedly that Harley was this evil, evil. Nobody, nobody could beat up. You know what I mean? He was very good at taking an opponent and making him look like he could beat him. And then at the very end, beat him. Right. And that's, you know, that's, that's like the big, in real life, that's like the biggest bully because there's nothing worse than a guy who can bully you around, talk smack to you and you can't kick his ass. Right. Like that's real life heat. Like people understand that. And for him, they, yeah, they believed it 100%. But nowadays, man, you really got to strike a nerve. Uh, 
to get that kind of heat. We uh, we have been too exposed, in my opinion, for yeah. it ever to get to that level. Because and, and and Aaron, you could it's it's become such a verbal sport now. Mm-hmm. It used to be just a look of disdain or your body language or the way you carried yourself could get reactions out of people. Now it seems like we've all, it's just gone to the cheap, you always would say this, the cheap pop. Like, I look at what Sergeant Slaughter did when, uh, during the Iraq uh, war, he came out and was basically, without saying it, supporting Iraq. And Sergeant Slaughter was probably the, one of the most beloved wrestlers on the planet. Most I mean, oh, yeah. ever, in my opinion, like, ever in the business. Uh, only because, yeah, like, and, and like to your point, right? Like how you had Sergeant Slaughter, who still is to this day, the man is a living GI Joe. He transcends yes. the sport of wrestling because, I mean, there's, you know, the GI Joe action figures of which Sergeant I had. Slaughter. He was, yeah, he was in the cartoon. We all had him. He was just this truly like a larger than life persona, and um, you know, Sarge didn't have to say a lot when he was a babyface or a good guy, um, which in the the wrestling. Uh, business baby face means good guy um and he would just like stand there he had like the you know the glasses the hat that big chin and he would just kind of you know keep his real like kind of verbal interaction kind of brief a little bit you know as opposed to he didn't have to say much you just you know 10 hut do what's right yeah yeah and i think like that's lost because in in the the sport of wrestling like we're in nwa we're trying to make it different we're trying to kind of take what was good about the industry for the last like 30 or 40 years and bring some of it back. Um, because today I think in a culture of kind of the instant gratification, shock value, uh, everyone, if they get 30 seconds on TV, they want to say as much as they want to say, and yes. try to, like say something outlandish and do a, like, whether it's a flip or a move just for the sake of doing it. So it can be on an Instagram kind of gift to where like, and it, it's funny, it's, it's the way people process information. Um, a lot of people today are used to like the, the 10 second Instagram videos of people like doing parkour and wiping out and things like that, as opposed to watching sitcoms where you actually have to care about the characters. And I think wrestling is no different than that. In that if you can really create a character and you have the time to develop that persona, uh, people will without a doubt kind of follow what you do and be into what you do. And a lot of that is the body language, the way you stand like Harley, we were talking about like just the mannerisms, his mere presence oh, yeah. was enough. Well, and that's, that's what a real man, you know, people used to be scared of that cat when he went into stores, like people, uh, can I shake your hand? And that was still when he was in his sixties and seventies. Uh, I, a believability factor is missing huge. Um, and I'm glad you brought up NWA, Aaron, because if you look at all of the wrestlers, even on the female end of it, they all look like somebody that you wouldn't want to mess with if they got angry. And I, that's a big part of what's missing from pro wrestling is that believability, in my opinion. Trevor, how much of that do you think? And I go back to when you watch stuff from the other eras, the announcers, the whole responsibility – was to put over the guy in the ring as one of the best, most aggressive, toughest human beings on the planet. Gorilla Monsoon painted a picture of Don Morocco uh, with his taped fingers and everything down to the way he looks as this just despicable individual who could rip your throat out at any minute. And, and, and Ricky Steamboat was the 
essence of everything that you want to be, hard work, integrity. But they told those stories. They never, they never buried, and what we call in this business, buried the guy. It was their job. It wasn't just to hear the sound of their own voice, which I think I think the biggest thing that has hurt hurt the wrestling business in terms of fans believing outside the internet is the lack of respect that's given to the product in the ring by the people supposedly guiding you through the story. That's what an announcer is. I mean, it's just like if you're watching the NFL and the entire time the announcers were talking about a baseball game. You, right. you know what I'm saying? You would be like, whoa, man, Tom Brady's not that great because the guys talking about him don't think anything about it. You know, and yes. so uh, that's one thing I think has to has to be fixed because we can't stop the internet. You, you you can't you can't stop how much smart marks info and some networks that's all they do that's all they no. cater to but but uh, no and if I go ahead if I could say something real quick like when you bring that up Tyrus that's an amazing point because and we've discussed this I think we've all discussed this several times like when when you have an industry today right um, that is you know again in every kind of media outlet you can think of right we have streaming services we have (laughs) network television pay-per-view like you name it wrestling's in it um and a lot of that you know you're going to have people that are going to give their opinions of the shows and i think that's wonderful right like there's always been we call them the dirt sheets um and for the listeners how how would you describe the dirt sheets they're just like little um like in 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 mainstream sports because i don't follow mainstream sports so what, what what would that be trevor and uh and tyrus what i don't think mainstream sports has dirt sheets like they have just the news dirt sheets are basically in my opinion like things that people try to feel like they're in the know like like backstage like stuff that they should no. know it's and it could be true um we we live in a world of journalism where it's it's better to just put it out there and if it's true uh great if not we'll let the people just give an opinion about it not the actual news and that's yes. what I feel like the dirt sheets are. Yeah, and in my major criticism of uh, a lot of the dirt sheets, um, you have people that are like some of the more well-known names. I'm not going to name anything specifically, but you know, giving these like it, from a one to five star rating, right? And in an industry, in a sport that is predicated on the fans response on evoking an emotional response out of the audience because it is very much the theater in that sense right we need a protagonist and antagonist conflict conflict resolution we just happen to do it in spandex in a ring but when you have someone critiquing something that they have never physically done before and you know instead of critiquing the fan response instead of critiquing wow these you know, these athletes are getting people to watch them. They're getting people to get involved. The building is rocking. Um, they're saying, oh, wow, I really like that flip. I really like that special thing. This was a five-star match. When in essence, it could be a five-star match with people that don't care. So why are we doing this to our bodies? And and I think, like, the, the shift has gone from, like, just a, a complete, like, hey, wrestling is cool to um, – something that professional wrestling was never designed to be. And it's, it's like figure skating. No, we're not. Well, can I capitalize on that kind of round circle, go back to the announcers talking about what we were doing in the ring. 
the lack of experience. You talk about Gorilla Monsoon. He'd actually been in the ring. He'd been around somewhere. Bobby Heenan, been around somewhere. Jesse Ventura, been, been in the ring, been around. The announcers today for wrestling seem to have very little in-ring experience or have very little in-ring or just wrestling experience, just time around it. Um, I think they put a lot of pretty faces up there. They think they have a great voice. Um, again, it's like Aaron said, or Tiger said, watching a football game while they're talking about baseball. Yeah, and that and that drive me absolutely nuts when I would hear them talk about it, or even worse, like uh, Trevor and I are wrestling and they're talking about Aaron and and uh, in uh, Austin Idol's feud, you know, and it's like, wait a minute, like well, there'd be a lot to talk about there, but I, can you really blame him? For <laughs> yeah, yeah, they'd be talking about how one sided it was, and a man his age putting hands on you like that, embarrassing you in front of your friends and family. But and he'd make him look like run up, get done up, dollars. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> and tell him about it the entire time and charge him. <laughs> Hold it right there. We'll be back in a bit. In a bit. What's my name, Lance? From the Fox News Podcasts Network. Stay on top of the latest news and information from Fox News. Listen and download the Fox News Hourly Update on your time. The trending stories you need anytime you want it. Listen and download now by going to foxnewspodcasts.com. But, you know, that's the one thing is like painting pictures is so it's not just the guys in the ring and it's the guys telling the story in the ring. And I, I know that's why and I'm getting to the point where. Like I've just started doing some commentary for NWA, and I honestly leave my stuff at the at the door, so I won't. I'm not on there to insult and go after or try to get myself over. I'm trying to, and as a fan, I'm always going to be a fan of the sport of wrestling, and being able to talk like use my insight for being in that ring, but at the same time be respectful of. The, I guess that's the key word. It's about respect, and being respectful of the guys in the ring working. And it's the it's their time right now. So a lot of times when guys go on and they start talking about themselves, I I, I find it annoying. Jesse the Body, who was probably the most famous, uh, what we'd say bad guy announcers, he might have had disdain for like a Hulk Hogan, but he would never ever take anything away. His disdain was always complaining about how great he was. And there, there's a yep. difference there between between like making fun of a guy. Because when you start yeah. making fun of a guy or belittling a guy, the people watching, that's what they're hearing. So everything he does, well, I mean, if his own peers don't respect him, then what the hell? Like, it, it's the art of talking has been grossly, the award for talking has been grossly over award. I'll hear a guy like, oh, he's great on the mic. And then I'll hear him talk, and I'm like, that's not great. That's just a well, guy who remembers his lines, you know, and we and we see that. I recently heard some guy talk about how personal it was between him and another, and I was like, that didn't come off to me as personal at all. You well, know, the problem is, and, and no, I'm sorry, I I heard rumors of like them finding people for going off script, and then as far as the announcers go, I, I think in WWE, Vince is still in their ear telling them what to say, so it's like a robot. Yeah, he and that's a different that. thing because if the boss speaks, of course you got to do it. And I'm not blaming, no, and no. it's not. I'm not always blaming the announcers. I'm blaming the, just the business, and mm -hmm. it bothers me because uh, Vince is the he is the godfather of everything that we do. We cannot. Doesn't matter whether you work for him, liked him, not liked him. If you were in the sport of wrestling and, and you were born any time from 1970 to 19 or till 2010. Every bit of wrestling has Vince McMahon's fingerprints on it. 
whether you like it or not. And if you're competing to beat him, why? Because you were inspired by him. You know what I'm saying? So even if you Amen. hate everything about him, he's the reason why you're doing it. He's the bar. So unfortunately, Amen. if he wants to amuse himself, he's going to do it. And unfortunately, I've been on the expense of that. I've, I've had to we deal with that. Yeah, and I, I've hated it. You know, I had my last match on SmackDown against Miz. He had, and I'm a heel at the time, and he had uh, Wade Barrett come out and bury me in front of the audience. Not a fun place to be, and I hated it. But that was the card I was dealt, and you know, instead of, and I had to move on from it. So we've all been there, you know, and so but and it does. You suck. were enhancing the angle. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And uh, we're going to talk about enhancing in a minute. Yeah. And now I want before, because uh, we're going to talk about uh, a grossly misrepresented group of legends uh, in the wrestling business. But before that, I've just, so a few weeks ago, Trevor, um, and I know you, you religiously support and watch the three wise men. I said that with a question mark because last week uh, we had Tavita on there. Uh, uh, um, he wrestles in new Japan and he's Haku's son. And, um, he afterwards informed me when I asked him if he had any criticisms of the show or whatever. He said, yeah, you didn't say three wise men with a question mark enough. And I said, what? For real? I was like, I'm very sorry. And he's like, no, it's your show. You do whatever you want with it. But I'm just saying it's a little confusing when you say it like a statement and then a question mark. So I apologize to everybody for not always saying three wise men with a question on the end of it. Okay? So I apologize to everyone who I've offended. But I, having said that. No, I... Yeah. I didn't know it was an issue. Yeah, I didn't but. know it was either, but you know, that's that's what you get when you bring buddies on. But uh Well, no, that's the great thing. We live in America. Everybody it has an everybody. opinion. Yep. And that's right. It's just sometimes you <laughs> keep this <laughs> to yourself. But so the <laughs> podcast before that, it was uh Aaron and my good uh former tag team partner and friend, um Santino. Uh who's my friend too, kind of. Yeah, you lived with him, and so, but like we were like, whatever. We it's not a competition, Aaron. I'm not gonna call him up and be like, who do you like better? Because I was saying that because it's this is an unbiased argument here. Like it, it, it's like we're 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 both friends, and I was just bringing up a point. It's not like I okay. hate Santino, and I'm trying to, you know. No, I felt like you were competing with me once again, but it's all no, good. No, I mean, it's not a competition. I, I'm the reigning, uh, defending world television champion for the NWA oh, and New York Jesus Times best selling. Re uh, oh, author, and I'm not rubbing any of that in your face. <laughs> oh, you know what? Let me two bit uh, loser. I'll, I'll go but but uh, pen my life story, and I'll have it done in a jiffy. I'll, yeah, I'll, you I'll get right it. on that. You get right on that, <laughs> yeah. and and I'll buy one because you're my friend, and Trevor will borrow my book. So. You know, good luck well, with that. I'll buy one for my <laughs> I still grandma. haven't gotten a yeah. copy of yours. I'm just saying. Yeah, well, it's available online, Aaron, at any time. But then again, as, as Gorilla Monsoon would say, the Bobby Heenan, the only meal you like is a free one. So, well, yeah, online, like, what yes. do we want to do? Email you and say, hey, give me a book? Like, yeah, okay, I'm fine. surprised you didn't. It could actually yeah. be because I got a guy who wants to buy one. Um, <laughs> but uh, so uh, Santino talked about he went uh, whitewater rafting and uh -huh. he had said that he took a shot of whiskey. Before he went to loosen his muscles up, Trevor, you know. And I said, right. I get it. I probably would have done the same thing. Well, apparently it was very offensive to Aaron. Aaron was beyond. Now, I don't have the technology to replay the tape because, well, Kate said she just doesn't have time for that. But um, I don't think tapes, we're not over I think tapes we're not went over out of the window. Above. Okay, recording. You want a medal for yes. that? 
Yeah, I'm just saying. Okay, like, yeah. Uh, I have a feeling you're going to be busy next week, but uh, <laughs> I have the transcripts. But more or less, Aaron basically said that Santino and I were completely unprofessional and how dare we ever condone alcohol as an acceptable thing when you're doing anything that requires driving or watering or surfing or et cetera, et cetera. And uh, it was kind of a big incident. Well, lo and behold, this last weekend, our dear friend Santino went whitewater rafting uh, in a canoe and he had an accident. Now, he's fine. He's fine. He was able to swim himself to shore, but he also said that he was not uh, the greatest swimmer. So that was more of an issue. But luckily, uh, he had taken a shot of whiskey, and he was limber enough not to get hurt during the crash. So obviously, I wanted to have Santino here, but unfortunately, he's got something going on. He's opening a new battle arts Academy, so he wasn't be able to do oh, here today. But Kate him. was listening to me talk about it. She literally just on Fox Nation. We have shows where they do adventures and stuff, and they just came off doing a show uh, in Colorado with a whitewater rafting team. And so she reached out to JD, who is a whitewater rafting instructor, and he is going to come on today, and he's going to settle this argument between me and Aaron whether it's better to drink whiskey or any type of alcohol before you white water raft, or you should never do that. So, and Trevor, uh, please feel free to ask any questions or add your expertise to it. And Aaron, I really need you to be an adult and accept whatever this guy says. If he tells me I'm wrong, I'm going to be a man about it and accept it. And if he tells me you're wrong, you need to be at least a middle-aged teenager and accept it. Is that at least fair? Do you agree to those terms? 100%. We have an accord. Okay. Ladies and gentlemen, let me check with Kate. Do we have JD? JD is with us. Hi, JD. Tyrus here from the Three Wise Men. And uh, I have my good friends uh, Trevor Murdoch and um, Aaron. And we just – I don't know if you were listening, but so the the question is, sir, is it better to drink before you whitewater raft or is it better to be sober when you whitewater raft, I guess, is the question. Well, hey, guys. Uh, first of all, uh, thanks for having me. Oh. Uh, I heard I was listening to the show and you guys mentioned having a shot. Yes. A shot of, of alcohol or something like that. Um, you should definitely not have a shot. You should have. Several shots. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I knew All it. Right, I like this guy. Yeah, no, it's it's uh, it's it's scary. I mean, you look at the waves and they're crashing down, and the velocity of the water is just it's just scary. And sometimes you have a shot or two or it's seven, <laughs> and you just uh, it just it does it loses. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Okay, so wait a minute. All right, now what you're saying basically is the you can get hammered. You're suggesting to get hammered before you get a go white water with raft. Yes, he is, no, Trevor, can, because it's I've a very up a tolerance. Yes, so I don't get I don't get drunk on seven shots. But the, you know, are you what? very cold, and the shock to your body is quite significant. So if you have a few <laughs> to loosen up, you know, the nervous system, then now. Uh, you fall in the water, and it's gonna, you're going to be fine. You're going to be fine. Because Let me now, ask let me you ask, this. May I ask you something? <laughs> oh, go ahead, Aaron. Go ahead. And, and 
what does JD stand for? Just drunk? Because you, how you, you know what? I'm so sorry. How dare you? We talked oh, about this. Yeah. You will not insult the guest. His name is is Jacques Daniels. How dare you? Jacques. How dare you? Daniels. How dare you? And I th- like be Jack better. Daniels. Just because I'm a guest. I'm yeah, a guest I, I'm here. so I sorry, know. sir. I, I know, Mr. Daniels. Yes, please, Aaron, with no, no, some you know decorum. I, I'm going to act like a middle-aged teenager now, Mr. It's Daniels. Not, my name is not Daniels. Daniel. 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 Okay. okay, Mr. Daniels. Um, Daniel. Yeah. Yes. When you just said you can tolerate seven shots before going whitewater rafting now you are kind of a whitewater rafting expert and, and you you know you claim that oh i've been a guide for about 15 years yeah okay 15 years it is not okay though for the average person to do it because we had a friend who went whitewater rafting this past weekend and in fact the friend was a proponent of um having a shot to loosen the system up before going and uh, he almost uh, had an accident because the, the goal of whitewater rafting is to stay on the raft. And, you know, they, they have a thing, and, and I'm going to stand by this. It's drive sober or get pulled over. Well, uh, I have a saying now, and it's called raft crunk, get dunked, because you're going to end up out of the boat, and it's not going to be good. And I really think you should rethink that statement because we should not encourage people to be consuming alcohol while you know frolicking on the river well you know well, what aaron okay, trevor let me let me tell you trevor uh, uh th- this is aaron jd a- aaron okay so have you ever done skydiving i have not yeah well you're gonna probably have a couple of drinks before that too um you know when guys are sitting in a, in a tree stand about to shoot a deer they probably have a couple of drinks too it, it just helps you overcome a little bit of fear you, you know what? That's the most truthful statement I've heard out of you um, since you got on here. You know, you do take a couple of shots to get warmed up. Exactly. And here's the deal. River rafting is a sobering experience. So even if you drink, you're going to be sobered up at the end of it because it's a it's a traumatic event. And I, I don't know if you're aware, but <laughs> uh, our dear, sweet friend, uh, Santino, uh, probably first ballot Hall of Famer, I would imagine, in the WWE. First, and first, first ballot. Ba- yeah, and he has several successful uh, uh, battle art academies all through Canada. He's franchising. He's quite an amazing guy. He actually yeah, – Showing up and blowing up. He uh, got into an accident. <laughs> he had an accident, whitewater rafting, and he was able <laughs> to swim and get himself to shore just because he never skips a leg day. But – um, he was very adamant about that. And my question was, do you think it was that he maybe had a, a shot under your uh, thought process that he was able not to break a leg or a neck or even drown because he was loose and limber and relaxed? Well, the first thing you need is your life preserver. Right. And then you'll, you'll float, right? So that takes – and you need a helmet. And if you fall in, you're going to be protected. But uh, – You're going to be what, you Definitely sir? stiffen up. If, as soon as you touch that cold water, you'll stiffen up. Because a lot of the water, it, it is runoff from the mountains. And the mountain water is very cold. So it can definitely shock, shock the body. Um, but What they used like to make whiskey with. Mountain, mountain water is great for whiskey. <laughs> I like the sky, Trevor. <laughs> oh, oh and, man. Uh, yeah, he's, is he okay, your buddy? Yeah, he's fine. He's bull- he, he's bulletproof. Uh, Aaron, no, Aaron's going to take a while to get this, sir. I'd like to thank you so much for coming on today. I really appreciate okay, it. You've cleared Remember, up this whole thing. Yes. 
when life gives you rapids, you paddle harder. All right. Thank you, sir. All right. Yeah. Thank, yeah, thank you thank so you much. For your okay. Opinion, sir. Thank you. Okay, JD, keep that heart in the game, man. All right. Okay, bye-bye. All right. <laughs> You're listening to the three wise men, and we'll be right back after this. You, you know what I took from all that? What, Aaron? You insinuated that I skipped leg day, which I never do. <laughs> I've never That's seen you do a leg day. I may have skinny calves, but my quads and my hamstrings are okay. very very well proportioned. Can I see a one photo of you doing a squat and I will never question it again? Look at my quads and my hamstrings. I don't have They're to look very at well proportioned. It's very simple. Just a squat. Fine. Okay. Fine. And we'll make it the cover the of the video. three wise men. Well, I'm going to post a squat and I never do gym selfies. I just just for this show, I'm going to post I appreciate a squat it. video. The, the viewership appreciates it. it. Kate yes. appreciates it because we're all about authenticity and yes. honesty. And I couldn't have had a better guest, man. Jack Daniel. And I can't believe how rude Jack you Daniel. were to him. So I'm calling I him Jack Daniel. Jacques, whatever. You flustered him. You brought him. a guy in the show named Jack Daniels to hey. talk about drinking? Wait a minute. Like, come on, man. <laughs> hey, well, hey, I couldn't pick. Kate found him. Kate found him. So well, uh, she needs to be checking people's credentials because the next thing that guy's going to tell us is to smoke a fat one and go rock climbing. You know what? He yeah. might have. We didn't get to there. But if uh, Aaron ever disses uh, one of our, my friends, you know, but uh, take, all right. take mushrooms and go bike riding in downtown Toronto. But <laughs> speaking of uh, going down the rapids, uh, enhancement guys, and we're going to wrap up the show with this. So one of the things that we talked about uh, in kind of molding this show was we would take time to recognize uh, a legend in, in the re- sport of wrestling that we all have dedicated our lives to. Uh, and I think it's important to always remember the guys who paved the ring before you with their blood and sweat and them having to work basically their entire adult life. Uh, so we are able to have the things we have today. I think, and, and uh, we were discussing it, you know, when we were trying to think of guys to talk about, and I don't know if it was Aaron or Trevor that came up with the idea. They wanted to talk about Barry Horowitz or guys who were called, uh, jobbers or enhancement guys because I've always took and I thought man what a great idea because that is such not a wrestling term that is something that the the web internet marks the fans. have put the fans on guys who because they clearly don't get it like you want to like just for the like for the jerks who are always like oh wrestling's fake okay if that's true if wrestling's fake, then then everybody is doing a, a a theatric performance, so nobody's a jobber, you know. So you got to make up yep. your mind, uh, and but you know, because most of the most of the most important most of the most important jobs back then was when you were trying to get a guy to superstardom. It was the guys that he worked that determined how far he went, and that SD Jones. Um, Barry Horowitz, uh, Vince uh, Lombardi. Um, there's a ton of list of guys oh. that would the, in WCW it was like the Italian Stallion, or there was the the James yeah. Southern. There was so many guys that like you know uh, Kendall Windham for to a certain extent. There was guys yeah. across the board that. Oh. Go ahead, Aaron. I'm going to mention this, but like it, they're not, but like a Brad Armstrong who right. was. Yeah. He doesn't get the credit he deserves for being 
an incredible in-ring talent. And like, I, I don't even want to talk about him in that category, but he was kind of used like that. So I just want to throw him in. Well, and he was a great trainer. Uh, I had yes. the honor and privilege of, of, he actually taught me to do a head scissor takeover, real talk. Um, and I, uh, yeah, I've only broke it out one time, but I, I might have to break it out just in honor of him. Because when I said, I, I, I don't do that, he said, sure you can. And, uh, you know, and, and when we, when I did it, I felt like a million bucks, you know, but that's cool. Uh, but uh, yeah, just the well, the entire Armstrong family. We could have a whole episode on, like from top to bottom. Bullet Bob, uh, all Scott Armstrong, uh, Road yeah. Dog. You know, Trace. You could go through the and Brad. I don't think there is a more a bigger family that has given more to the sport than the Armstrongs. I mean, not just as as competitors and performers, but also as trainers and referees and guys who I don't know as far as ring timing and ring experience, uh, especially Scott Armstrong when he was a referee, he would be teaching you while you're working. You would learn things. Like you would, you know, and sometimes the worst, when sometimes when you lose, it's not the best feeling in the world. You know, and the, and the crowd is, you know, is giving you. And then you'd hear this voice who said, stay down for a minute. Yep. Soak it up. Get up slowly. Let the crowd appreciate you. And all of a sudden, they're cheering for you. Yep. And you look at him, and he's like, yeah, yeah, it's that simple. But you well, never those, think those, that way. They those guys, got, those guys got it. They understood the business that even – even if, if if you have to lose, there's a way to do it where it still elevates everybody and you don't quote unquote lose. Um, reverting back to the jobber statement, like those the fans think that a guy going out there and losing more than once, not getting the big push that the company doesn't like them or they're not talented. But in my opinion, they're more talented than the top guys because those are the guys i.e. the Armstrongs that could go out there and wrestle anybody. The guy that didn't have hardly any experience to the guy that was was the best in the business. Um, and they could go out there and tell any story with anybody. And you guys know uh, for you guys know in this business, it's hard to find people that have that mentality. And the Armstrongs had it, guys like Barry Horowitz, all those guys you were talking about, they got it. They understood what was the most important thing and wasn't always about them. No and, doubt. And, I, you know, in modern times, when I think of somebody who could have been a top top guy in the business, no question, when I, when I think of guys like T.J. Wilson, uh, oh, probably yes. one of the most technically sound guys. Mike Taylor would be another name that, that, that came mm-hmm. to mind. But I would – I wrestled – T.J. and I were friends. We trained together. Uh, we – I don't think there was an Xbox or PlayStation game we didn't play, but um, being in the ring with him and getting his respect was one of the probably highlights of my career in terms of like because he's a guy who like it's his whole he trained people say I've been in the heart dungeon he was the definition of being in the heart dungeon like his story in itself is is amazing and I trained him and Natty and me I don't know how many hours we spent at Deep South rolling around together uh, with Harry Smith and stuff so I go way back with those guys but uh, I wrestled TJ in Mexico. And I was a heel, and I was like, it was before the Funkasaurus stuff, and I was just, uh, I was just coming off of NXT, and him and I went, I think we went twenty minutes in Mexico, and he, the, 
TJ was the guy, like, after you worked TJ, John Laronitis would call TJ and be like, what do you think? And TJ was brutally honest. I mean, that's the one thing I loved about TJ. You never had to ask TJ what he thought of you or what he thought about you because you knew. If you were, quote, the you knew it. And, uh, you know. That's the only way you get better. That's the only way. On the back. And, uh, you know, when he said, yeah, I'll work, I'll work at the time. It was, I'll work Brodus any day of the week, man. And we had a, we had some crazy moments in there with the crowd and stuff. And we also had uh, Armstrong as the referee. And he was like, just, he's just, he knows your moves almost before you do. And uh, I shot him a look when he was trying to get me off TJ and the place went nuts. And I still couldn't figure out what they went nuts over. But it was my reaction to him, but his reaction to me. Mm. that made yep. the crowd just explode. Like, don't you hit that referee? And, you know, and it was just one of those things where guys like that, when you look back at history, guys who got guys ready, they need to be, there needs to be a special spot in the Hall of Fame for them. I, I you know, I totally agree. All the top no guys, doubt. Undertaker, I get it. They, of course, their first ballot Hall of Fames. But you need to start, like, the ultimate warrior would never have been the ultimate warrior if he didn't have guys going in there and just getting laid to waste by him. You know, yep. there's there needs to be a place, and that's how you change that whole narrative. You know, when a fan's like, oh, you're a jobber. No, he is one of the best in the world. That's why he's in the WWE. The difference between him and somebody else is that they are, aren't getting the push. Do you know know what I equate this to? Um, And again, we're all on the same page, which is amazing, actually. But how the whole, like, if it was a movie, right? Because, again, we're going to go to theatrical kind of analysis of it. Um, You guys have all seen the movie The Warriors? Yep. Right? Cyrus at the beginning, you know, can you dig it? Right? When he's the leader trying to unite everybody, his part He's only there for like, what, like a minute and a half maybe on screen. He cuts his promo, and then he gets shot. So he's not a main part of the movie, but without him, the movie doesn't exist. Right. And I think that's kind of what you can equate to a lot of the guys that go in there to build up these other characters, and they kind of sacrifice themselves, Um, again, from a storyline purpose. But, you know... If Cyrus hadn't done that job and been such an iconic part of that movie, the movie wouldn't have been the success it is. So it's like, you know, you got to give credit to the guys that they do. They get in there and they make the people like Ultimate Warrior um, or whoever, really, like, you know, look that good. And and with that, the announcers putting Warrior over to what you said, Tyrus, too. So it's like, again, everyone's working together. And these people that are so-called smart marks and analysis or whatever, you know, the the star ratings and stuff, if they truly were smart to the business, they would approach it like they that. They would hold those guys in high like, regard. And you know what? To yeah, your point, yeah. to your point, what is the one catchphrase from that movie? I mean, Shaquille O'Neal has literally made it his thing. I mean, Can you dig it? Can you dig it? And that's what is remembered. If you say, can you dig it, people will go warriors. You could take the star of that show who was the last guy standing at the end, and they won't know him unless they saw it. So it's the little things that you remember. And so, I mean, I just feel like there needs to be, if it comes from within, if the respect comes from within, from the guy who doesn't get an entrance, and we've all been that guy where you just Mm -hmm. show up and put your arm up, you know, Barry, Barry, O, you know what I'm saying? And like, Mm -hmm. and you got your, you have your nice outfit just to take it off. And then 
you get a little bug in your ear that you got three minutes, brother. You know, and you're like, well, here we go. Um, I'm about to get beat up by Undertaker and Batista for no reason, but we're going to get this angle over. It's over, brother. And, uh, (laughs) you know, but there needs to be, the respect needs to come from within. And uh, I myself will never, ever call a guy a jobber. Uh, A guy on the end of a squash match, uh, all those times, and I've been benefited from that. You know, I benefited from, you know, the Funkasaurus. And when I first started, guys were getting laid out within three minutes. And, you know, I'll, I'll never forget Brian Myers, who, like, volunteered to be the first match, JTG. I mean, uh, there were so many guys that were like, hey, we're, we're, we get it. We know what's going on. And, and then, to re- then, you return, then it's your turn to do the, the reciprocal. And even sometimes it's more difficult as a big guy because everyone just doesn't expect you to – when you do lose, it's, it, they make a bigger deal out of it. You know, so yeah. that's the that's the downside of it is because you catch hell for being a big guy, and that's why guys like Andre the Giant, King Kong Bundy, Big John Stud, they were so protective over that. Not because they were arrogant to like, oh, I don't lose, because they knew that the illusion of them was more important for the business than it was. Like when you beat when Andre got beat by Hogan, it was nuts because no one had seen him get beat before. So that gimmick eventually you pay it off, and somebody benefits from it. That benefited Hogan. Like, I would always get upset with the way that Big Show was treated. Big Show never, ever should have been just beaten on TV, ever. Yep. Yes. And it's not anything about Big Show other than it makes everybody else look more believable across the board. Because if he's unbeatable and then finally Triple H and him meet at WrestleMania and he gets him, all of a sudden, Triple H is to the next level. Not that Triple H needs any more levels to ascend. I mean, he is what he is, and he's another first ballot Hall of Famer whenever he wants it. And with like three different, I mean, he DX, yeah. just himself, and even Hunter Hearst Helmsley, where he was an enhancement guy. I mean, his match with Warrior at Mania, even though he was in Mania, was like, what, three minutes? I mean, if yeah, not, you know. That, and then he kicked out of his finish instantly. and <laughs> Yeah, yeah, and, just, and then smoked him. So, yep. um, but that brought the warrior back. Like he was back after that. You know, he just beat a, yep. a, a what three-time Intercontinental Champion in like three three minutes. But the point is, is that we need to. It's not about wins and losses in wrestling. It's about the story, and everybody benefits from a great story. I guess that's where it's at. And you can't have a great story if you don't have the ST, if you don't have the Brooklyn Brawlers, if you don't have those guys, you don't have great stories. Bottom yep. line, period, in my opinion. Yeah. Perfect. Right on. All right. Well, what did we learn today? Well, uh, <laughs> yeah, Trev, yeah, go apparently, ahead. You, uh, um, apparently you can drink a fifth of fucking Jack. Oh, I'm sorry. No, drink it's okay. You don't have to apologize. We got beepers. It's all good. Okay. Uh, apparently you can drink a fifth of Jack Daniels and do any high stress sport, I guess. I would, I guess, from our expert, right? Yep. J- J- Jacques Uh-oh. Daniel, yes, not Daniels. Jacques Daniels, yeah. How rude of you. We're going to bring him back on. Uh, I feel like he had a lot to add. He had suffering succotash. Uh, well, he's obviously had an accident or two, you know, but I didn't want to talk about a speech impediment, but he probably broke his, okay. lost a few teeth swimming in rocks at a high level, I would imagine. Well, having Jacques Daniels but as a name, yeah, I guess that's an issue. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Aaron, why well, are you, you laughing? Aaron. What did you learn well, today? Well, again, I, I learned that if you're going to bring someone in um, to be uh, an expert, 
on uh, consuming alcohol and doing activities that their name should probably not be Jacques Daniels. Daniel. Um, it's Daniel. It There's no S. It's very disrespectful of you. Completely negates. We don't call uh, you Aaron's. You want me to call you Aaron's? You know, you can. I, I've been known to have kind of like different, you know, even now in NWA where I, I have, you know, different personas and everything. That's fine. In fact, yeah. that should probably be my new name. Yes, Aaron's. Um, there you go. Well, you know what? We'll change that in a jiffy. All right. Copyright it. Mm-hmm. So did you learn anything at all? Smart ass. Uh, yes. Uh, I, I learned actually quite a bit. Um, you know, I learned that we are in agreement when it comes to how the business should be, which I think we, we, we've kind of known that, but it's nice to say it publicly. Yeah. Um, and uh, again, uh, I'm, I'm sticking to my uh, my first statement where, like, I think the next person that's going to kind of be this um, this expert on consuming alcohol and doing things, their name should not be Jacques Daniels, um, you know, Jim Beam, uh, anything like that. Like, I, I think we should just have like a like a, a, a Tom Smith, something very so, someone neutral, if you will, like a Nick Aldis or some someone to that extent. I, I'd be fine. Yeah. Just okay. Like, right. we'll ask Nick. We'll ask no Nick. We'll, we'll, we'll ask Nick to be the next expert on something. Go ahead. Reach out to him and do it. Okay. All right. We'll do. All right. For more podcasts like this, just like this, you can check us out at foxnewspodcast.com. This has been Trevor Murdoch, Aaron's, and Tyrus. Enough said. Listen to the all-new Brett Bear podcast featuring Common Ground, in-depth talks with lawmakers from opposite sides of the aisle, along with all your Brett Bear favorites like his all-star panel and much more. Available now at foxnewspodcasts.com or wherever you get your podcasts.